Welcome to a new kind of PD, Teaching Channel's podcast where we tackle challenges in education and provide ways to inspire and engage in meaningful professional development. I'm Erica Snyder, Engagement Coordinator for Teaching Channel, coming to you from our location in New York City. This week, we'll be discussing teacher activism and policymaking with the Washington State 2016 Teacher of the Year, Nate Bowling. Nate is the co-founder of Teachers United, a teacher-led education policy advocacy group and currently teaches AP Human Geography and AP Government and Politics at Lincoln High School in his hometown of Tacoma. Thanks to our listeners for joining us today. We hope you like what you're about to learn uh, as we learn more about teachers as policymakers. And we'll close out today's show with how to inspire PD about this topic in vibrant, collaborative ways. Be sure to check out the links in today's show in the podcast description. Class is now in session. Hi, everyone, and welcome, Nate. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. We are really excited to have you and to hear your thoughts about teachers as policymakers. But before we do, can you tell us a bit about your background and how you got to where you are today in education? Sure. Uh, So I was born and raised here in Tacoma, Washington. uh, And I'm a product of the school district that I work in. And in fact, I grew up uh, about two miles away from where I teach. Uh, And I live two miles the other way. So basically, like I I live near the community where I teach. Uh, I've been teaching for 11 years, and uh, I, I love the work that I do. So I'm not the traditional, I went into teaching because I love kids. Uh, I see teaching as like a way to make change in society, and if I want to make society a more just and better place, I need to plant seeds in the ground now. And so that's kind of the work that I do. Great, thanks. And can you tell us how you got started with teacher advocacy work? Um, Somewhere around like my fourth year of teaching, I just I, I was just fascinated by the things that were coming down the pike from the Washington State Legislature. Uh, if I went around and talked to effective teachers, teachers who I, who I respected, and asked them like what are the barricades to like them making progress in their profession and with kids, and then line that up against what the legislature was proposing, uh, there was no correlation whatsoever. And so like it really dawned on me that like policymakers aren't making policies informed by practitioners, and so. I could sit and whine about it, or I could get involved. And so what I tried to do was first get involved with my local association. Um, and like I had limited success with that. I, I found oftentimes that uh, my union was in kind of a defensive crouch against the reformers. And so there was a, a kind of large hell no caucus. Uh, and then I tried to engage with the reformers. Uh, but really what they wanted oftentimes was teacher cover for their policies. And so what I realized is that I kind of had to do a third way. And so we got started with Teachers United. And the purpose of TU is to insert the voice of effective educators in the policymaking conversation. And like the analogy I always think about is, is like back when the ACA was being negotiated up in 2010, uh, pharmaceutical companies were at the table, drug companies were at the table, medical device companies were at the table. Uh, like everybody was at the table who was impacted by that. But when it comes to edu- education policy, oftentimes teachers aren't at the table. And so uh, I have a friend named Maddie who lives in Nebraska. And uh, she says, and I love it, if you're, not on, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. And so uh, my purpose in activism basically has been to find and create and push for a seat at the table for teachers in order to push for policies that will help kids. So at Teachers United, how many people are working with you and, and what does it look like for the teachers to get involved um, in your organization in the state of Washington? Uh, we have a directorship of six core teachers, and each one of us has like a purview. So I do government relations, uh, somebody else does organizing, somebody else does policy work, and then we have, I'd say, 60-ish members uh, here in the Puget Sound area. And so we actually recently had a legislative training where uh, we had two breakout sessions. In one of the sessions, we had a county council member, a school board member, and a current member of the Washington State Legislature. Uh, they came in and sat down with us and talked to us about lobbying practices and like the best ways to communicate our ideas. 
and in the other session, uh, a very well-known, a very well-regarded teacher blogger uh, did some coaching with our teachers about writing. And so, what we're trying to do is, is basically, how can we elevate and promote the voice of solutions-oriented educators? Oftentimes, I find that the people who are involved in the conversation are like the angry people, and the people who are solutions-oriented and very positive are so busy uh, doing the work in their classrooms that they don't engage in policy. And so, my question as an organization, my question is always. How can I get the people who are making the most difference at the table to have the conversations with the policymakers that need to be had? So how are you doing that? <laughs> what does that look like uh, in getting those people at the table with you? Uh, it, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of groundwork. Uh, we have monthly happy hours where we invite teachers out, and at those happy hours we kind of talk about policy, uh, talk through some of our documents, and then from there uh, we have an annual network meeting, and we ask teachers to sign up for uh, different policy teams. Uh, it's, it's hard, right? Because like your most effective educators are, are super, super busy. Like the people who have time to do, normally the people who have time to do like advocacy work are people who actually aren't doing the work. And so when I go to a teacher and say, hey, I want to get you involved, what I'm really saying is, hey, I know you're a great teacher, which means you're working your butt off, but I want you to work even more for free. Yeah. And uh, that's a tough ask, right? And it's not for everybody. It, it really isn't for everybody. Uh, but the teachers who we get involved, I think, love the work that we do. So what is some of that work that, that you are doing um, and what you're hoping to accomplish um, this year? For sure. For sure. Uh, most of our policy recommendations are around areas of teacher effectiveness. So all the research says and all the anecdotes say as well that the single most important in-school factor impacting student achievement is the effectiveness of the practitioner in the classroom. And so our policy work centers around what are the mechanisms and policies that we need to keep, to, to hire recruit and retain effective educators and keep them working in the classroom. And so we've done policy recommendations around professional development. And in fact, uh, last legislative session, we helped pass a bill called House Bill 1345. And that bill created a uh, basic definition for professional development here in Washington State that, uh, high, that effective PD should be ongoing, uh, so not one, you know, one shot sit and gets. Uh, job embedded and happen uh, at the direction of the adult learner. Uh, we also have a set of policy recommendations that we published on uh, the, the best strategies to recruit uh, and retain early career educators uh, and looking at uh, mentoring programs that work. And then our most recent policy document is about teacher compensation. And so in the next month or so, we'll be releasing a set of recommendations for uh, how we think teachers should be compensated. And essentially, one of our things is that like we all get into teaching knowing the money isn't great. Uh, but that money is a barrier to entry for a lot of really awesome people who could make a difference for kids. And then moreover, uh, later on in the career, we realized that the, the work of teaching can't be done in the amount of time that we're allotted. And so it's, uh, in our policy recommendations, we talk about uh, time being as important as compensation in many cases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so for people who are interested in getting started with advocacy work, um, who are outside of the state of Washington, perhaps, um, how, what tips would you give them? How, to, how should they begin um, to engage in their local and, and district offices? Uh, so it's funny. I, I gave a talk about this this summer, and uh, what I think about is the original X-Men. Like, there's basically like five roles you need, and if you have these five roles, then you can basically do anything um, as far as like advocacy work goes. Uh, you need one person who like gets the paperwork. We'll call them like beast, like for, in the analogy from the X Men. <laughs> okay. Uh, somebody who can like write, somebody who, who, who can who can per, who can run through uh, white papers and who's conversant in policy, or like wants to become conversant in policy because it's kind of a weird skill. 
Uh, you need somebody who's a cyclops, who's like a single-minded kind of visionary leader. Uh, somebody with a little bit of charisma who can be the public face of the organization or one of the public faces. Uh, you need somebody who, like Iceman who uh, has ice in their veins and can like deal with the pushback. Uh, I, I joke often that like if you're advocating and nobody's mad at you, you aren't really saying anything or doing anything meaningful. And so if you're advocating what's best for kids, uh, that means you're going to make some adults uncomfortable and you need somebody who can you know, take the hits uh, and, can, and, 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 and won't get discouraged by that. Uh, some other things I would say is, is uh, you need an archangel or archangel. So he's the mutant who's able to fly. And that's basically somebody who can get kind of above things and see the 10,000 foot view. Uh, the last thing I would say is you need a Jean Grey. So Jean Grey is uh, clairvoyant and has the ability to move objects with her mind. And so what I love about Jean in the analogy is, is that she's kind of the glue that helps hold the group together. And like honestly, if you have five awesome teachers who can, and those skill sets like vary. Like sometimes I'm Cyclops in the group, sometimes I'm Archangel in the group. But if you have five practitioners uh, who can kind of fill those roles, then you can organize. And it doesn't take a lot of money. And in fact, I would implore people, if you're going to do this work, like, don't, don't take money. Like, don't, do, don't go the, the nonprofit route. Um, Teachers United went the nonprofit route, and we had a 501c3, and we ended up dissolving it because uh, essentially fundraising became more important than the mission. Like, the work of teachers is super important, and policymakers are desperate to hear from us. Uh, and we don't need to wrap ourselves in foundation money in order to be heard. Oh, so I would add that like one of the things that I realize now that I've benefited from throughout my career is the fact that uh, as I've become a more vocal teacher leader, I've developed like tribes that I belong to and networks that I belong to. Uh, and those networks fill different needs for me and fill and feed different parts of my soul. Uh, so I, I'm a founding member and a policy director at Teachers United. I also am a member of the Washington State Teacher Advisory Council. And so the Teacher Advisory Council is made up of alumni teachers of the year at either the state or local level. Uh, and what we try to do is meet with policymakers here in the state of Washington and try to influence policy as well. And so it's a dance for me. Sometimes I take off my TU hat and put on my WATAC hat. Uh, I'm also a member of the EduColor movement. And so EduColor is an online uh, consortium of activist educators across the nation who are particularly interested in issues of justice for students of color and students in poverty. And that was started by a friend of mine named Jose Wilson in New York. And so like, that's another network I belong to. Uh, as a Teacher of the Year, I am a part of the INSTOI network, and that's the National Network of State Teachers of the Year. And so I'm able to dialogue and go into forums and talk with people who have kind of walked the path that I'm walking. Uh, in addition, uh, my Teacher of the Year class, the 2016 Teachers of the Year, uh, started a group called uh, protect public education, and that was started particularly because some of the concerns that we had uh, coming out of election day. Uh, I know this isn't a political podcast, but like I just have to tell this story to kind of, to kind of frame where my head is right now. Uh, one of the best parts of being Teacher of the Year is uh, Washington Week, and for Washington Week we had this beautiful gala in the Ronald Reagan Federal Building, and like John King stood up before us and talked about the opportunities for, uh, for equity under ESSA. It was a really inspiring event. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a week after election day, uh, I turned on the news and I saw a video coming from the Ronald Reagan Federal Building and it was the exact same room that we were in being celebrated and talking about equity and that's where the neo-Nazi alt-right were having their, uh, their, victory, their victory celebration for the election. And like that cognitive dissonance was so strong it made my jaw hurt. Like I went from, in my head that space went from the place where impactful, well-regarded educators and policy leaders from around the country 
are talking about what's it going to take to help kids of color, what's it going to take to help kids of poverty, what's it going to take to make the schools that we have nationwide worthy of our students' potential. And then four months later, neo-Nazis are, sp are spiking in electoral football in the same space. And like that cognitive dissonance, I, 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 still, I still struggle to kind of think about it. And so out of that, and also based on the rise in hate crimes that we saw post-election, mm -hmm. uh, we started our group Protect Public Education. And so our, our, our focus is on protecting public education as an institution of our democracy because we understand that public education is integral. It's the great equalizer. Uh, I grew up as a fairly low-income kid, and there's no chance in hell that I would have the life that I have, uh, that I could travel the way that I've traveled, and that I could have the experiences that I've had in my life if I hadn't gone to quality public schools. And every kid in America deserves the same opportunities that I was blessed with, and our schools are worth fighting for. And so as a part of that work with Protect Public Education, uh, we've been looking at the uh, confirmation hearing for Ms. DeVos that's coming up. Uh, again, this isn't a political show, but like she's wholly unqualified to be uh, Secretary of Education. Uh, the thing that's frustrating to me, I guess, is, is in my role as Teacher of the Year, I've met multiple uh, state chiefs from around the state, and there are really, really impactful and effective state chiefs who are Republicans in lots of locations. Uh, if you think if you think about it, one way to think about it is is that simultaneously, at any given moment across the country, there are 50 people who are auditioning to be the Secretary of Education, mm -hmm. plus the Chancellor of DC schools, plus the Chancellor of any large urban, large suburban district. So like literally, like at any given moment, there's 150 people out there who are basically auditioning openly for the job of Secretary of Education, and uh, <laughs> the nominee who's going to be voted on tomorrow, and you know the audience will know the results of this. Is, is, is wholly unqualified. Uh, in, her, in her hearing, her confirmation hearing, like she couldn't demonstrate the knowledge that's expected of sophomores in ed programs. And so like those are the stakes. And like if I believe in public education, which I do, and I believe in my students, which I do, and I believe in democracy, which I do, then I need to be agitating, I need to be organizing, and I need to be associating with other people who are passionate about that work because uh, the stakes are too high. Like the stakes for my kids and the stakes for my community are too high for apathy. And that's why we need teachers working as advocates with policymakers, just like you are with your organizations across the country. So we hope that people who are listening, um, you know, follow along with your work, Teachers United um, and follow Nate and all of his other organizations. We'll put links to them in the podcast description um, wherever you are listening to this so you can access that. Nate, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule because we didn't mention you're you're not a halftime teacher. This is your full-time gig plus everything else that you're doing on top um, for the good of public education across the country. So we really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. It's funny you mention that. I'm actually headed to D.C. Uh, for a thing on Wednesday. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over the place, but that's, that's what it takes. He is all over the place, but you can follow him on Twitter at Nate underscore Bowling and Teachers United at Teachers UTDWA. And you can follow me at Snyder underscore Erica. Thanks to Paul Teske's Mad Garage Band Skills for providing our music and Teaching Channel staff for all your work getting a new kind of PD up and running. And thanks to all of our listeners for being here today. If you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio to subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and tell your friends about us. We'll see you back here in two weeks when we'll be discussing how to improve student engagement and student learning through democratic teaching practices.